Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Now, Watoto Church, I would like you to put your hands together and welcome with me our online and on-air audience. Come on, everybody. Let's welcome them. Come on. If you're watching online, on air, you are in Juba, around the world, you are welcome to our celebration service. It's always an honor to celebrate Jesus with you and to bring God's word. Shall we pray? Now, Father, I'm praying for the next couple of minutes, bless your word. Because your word is life. And your word is your will for us to know how to live lives that honor you and that attract your blessing for our lives. And so I'm praying the next couple of minutes are going to be impactful for everybody a part of this service. In Jesus' name I do pray. And everybody say the big amen. This is week number two as we continue with our sermon series, A New Culture. And we are teaching this series because we want to call you as the people of God. We want to call all of us as a nation as Uganda, as people in South Sudan around the world, to come back and embrace a culture that is shaped by God's Word. Because culture that is shaped by God's Word is a culture that brings blessing. Because our God is a God of blessing. But also on the other side, we are seeing that it is becoming more and more acceptable in these days to accept evil as something that is good. And this world is self-destructing and we must come back to God and embrace a new culture, a culture that is shaped by God's word. Because this is the only culture that is going to bring blessing to you as an individual, as a family, but also as a nation. Our world is going nuts. And I'm here to declare from God's word that God wants the best for us and it's time to embrace a new culture and that is a godly culture. You know, Proverbs 14, 34, which is a theme verse, it says, Righteousness exalts a nation. Right living, when we embrace the values from God's word, our nation is going to be blessed. We are going to be exalted. We become a light to the world. But sin is a reproach. Sin brings us down. Sin destroys your life. It destroys families and communities, and the nation, and the nations of the world. And that is why we must come back to God's word and build our lives on this new culture, a godly culture. Sometimes we call it a kingdom culture. The NLT says this, godliness makes a nation great. If any nation is going to become great, we must be godly people. But sin is a disgrace to any people. And so a total family, we need to embrace a culture shaped by God's word. Uganda, South Sudan, if you're watching me from around the world, you need to embrace a culture that is shaped by God's word because that's a culture that brings God's blessing. Now today, specifically, I want to talk about a new culture of sexual purity. We must reject a godless culture of sexual immorality. Because sexual immorality hurts you. It hurts your family. It hurts communities and nations at the deepest level possible. 
You see, sex has been idolized by the world. Music that sells has to have sexual connotations. Think about the pornography industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And guess what? It is built upon child and sex trafficking. If you are consuming pornography of any kind, you are a supporter of sex trafficking in this world. And that is wrong. And pornography has reduced women and they've become just objects. And yet these are amazing people to be loved and respected and valued. In a day-to-day -day language, you hear a language that is sexualized. In Uganda, a few years ago, we used to hear the words, friends with benefits. And you think it is an innocent statement. No, it means friends with sexual benefits. You've heard it said, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Really? I'll come to that later. The advertising industry is also, you know, trading on sex. Barely dressed women are put on products as if there's any relationship between a product and that woman. Just to lure men to lust after those bodies. Our young people, the generation Z, the millennials have coded language. KPC, keep parents clueless. Nine parents in the room. IPN, I'm posting naked at many, many words. We need to come back to a culture of sexual purity if we're going to experience God's blessing in our nations, in our communities, in our lives, and in our families. A few weeks ago, possibly last week, there was a headline that was in all the newspapers in Uganda where, as a nation, we failed to make a moral decision and we made a financial decision by saying this event called Nyege Nyege to go on. One of our leaders said, this event should not go on. We must protect our young people against sexual immorality and sex tourists who are coming from around the world. But a financial economic decision was made. But at what cost? Many of our young girls in Jinja, and we've planted a church in Jinja. Jinja has one of the highest teenage mothers in this nation. They're not ready to become mothers. They're going to go through abortions and many are going to die. Sexually transmitted diseases. This reminds me of the time when Esau, for a bowl of soup, sold his birthright. And our leaders sold our nation just for a few dollars. But we are going to reap consequences years down the road. Uganda, we as a nation, we are one of the youngest countries in the world. And this means there is a small tax base. It is an economic issue. Sexual agendas are being promoted by the West. Pressuring our leaders. If you do not, we shall not give you money. Enough is enough. It's time to come back to a culture of sexual purity. Because sexual immorality hurts us at the deepest level possible. Friends, that is not God's plan for humanity. 
God is the one who created sex and he made it as good. Everything God created, he made it as good. But because of our sin, the devil comes and perverts just a little bit, promises you so many good things, and then you are lured into sex sin or any other sin, and the end thereof is destruction. God's word tells us there's a way that seems right. It looks right, tests right for a moment, but eventually you end up in destruction. God made sex as good. To be enjoyed in the context of marriage between a man, biological, and a woman for life. In this context, it's pure. It is secure. It is great for raising a family. No comparison. Because it's only you and you alone, the two of you, and you can practice and learn. Because you have the rest of your lives together. No need to hurry. Genesis chapter 2. We see this in the creation narrative. Then the Lord made the woman from the rib had taken out of the man. And it brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones. Flesh of my flesh should be called a woman. For she was taken out of the man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and Eve were both naked. No shame. Intimacy at the highest level. Because you are the only one that I know and I will ever know. No one to compare you to. Intimacy right there. Because sex is meant to be a bond. It bonds the husband and the wife for life. As I said earlier, there's no comparison. There is no shame. It provides security for the children God gives to you. Because I know dad and mom are here for life. It gives them confidence as they go out and dream in life. On the other side, perversion has brought pain to individuals, to nations. And this today, our world is grappling with this issue. From America to Tokyo, from Cairo to Cape Town, we are grappling with this area. And we must come back to God's design. Sexual purity is the answer. And this amazing God who loves us so much, not only did he give us the guidelines on how to enjoy this amazing gift, he also pursues us every time we go away from him. When Adam and Eve sinned, I mean, sin just affected every area of our lives, including every person on the planet. And now we can learn from his instructions to Israel. Now God sent Moses to rescue the Israelites from Egypt into the promised land. And his plan was to make Israel a nation of blessing. So that through blessing Israel, the world will be blessed. And God gave them instructions. We call them the law. And this law was to define them as God's children. And when they kept the law of God, God blessed them. And friends, I'm here to let you know, when we stay within the confines of God's word and we obey his word, God blesses us. And as nations, we need to come back to God's way. God's laws are not to limit us. It's within God's boundaries that we experience great freedom. I'm a parent. Most of you are parents here. You have rules in your house. Why? Not because you hate your children, because you love them. You want to protect them. They are naive. They are stupid. They're not mature enough to make good decisions. And God, who is an eternal God, who has existed forever, knows that we are stupid and we need his law to guide us. 
And every time we embrace God's Word and practice God's Word, we experience God's blessing. And so in Leviticus, God goes a great length to just tell the Israelites, please behave differently when it comes to sexuality. From verse number four, he says, you must obey my laws and be careful to follow my decrees. I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and the laws for the person who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. I am in charge. No one is to approach any close relative to have sexual relations. I am the Lord. Because that's called incest. Do not dishonor your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your father's wife that would dishonor your father. Do not have sexual relations with your sister, either your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she's born in the same home or elsewhere. Do not have sexual relations with your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter that will dishonor you. Do not have sexual relations with a daughter, with the daughter of your father's wife, born to your father, she is your sister. Die, in case you don't know what I'm talking about. Do not have sexual relations with your father's sister, she is your father's close relative. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister because she is your mother's close relative. Do not dishonor your father's brother by approaching his wife to have sexual relations. She is your aunt. Come on. Do not have sexual relations with your daughter's-in-law. She is your son's wife. Do not have relations with her. Do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife that would dishonor your brother. Do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. Do not have sexual relations with either her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter. They are her close relatives. That is wickedness. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is still living. Do not approach a woman to have sexual relations during the uncleanliness of her monthly period. Do not have sexual relations with your neighbor's wife and defile yourself with her. It's called adultery. Do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman that is detestable. It's called homosexuality. Do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not, be, must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is perversion. It's called bestiality right there. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways because this is how the nations that I'm going to drive out before you became defiled. Even the land was defiled, so I punished it for its sin and the land vomited out its inhabitants. Sometimes when I read this text, I was thinking, what was going on? It seems like common sense. But God was addressing issues that are taking place in the day. Even today, there are things that look like common sense, but this sense is not common anymore. Because the world has gone nuts. And one of the ways, you know, society has gone to its worst is when it celebrates sexual perversion as something good. It's time to come back to God's standard of sexual purity. It's very clear here, right here, that God used Israel as a tool to punish the Canaanites. Why? They defiled themselves sexually. As I said earlier, sexual immorality carries with it pain and consequences that last generations. 
And I think today in our world, God is judging us because we have gone away from God's ways. In Romans chapter 1, God says he gave them over to their ways, to their debased minds. One of the ways God judges humanity is when you refuse to follow his ways, he leaves you and you even devise more evil ways so that you can reap the consequences of your actions. You may not see lightning coming from heaven, but we are reaping the consequences of sexual perversion in our day. We must come back to God. That's the only way we can experience healing, embracing a new culture of sexual purity. That's what we need. Because sexual immorality harms all of us. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he goes on even to just narrow it down because some of us, we think sex, sex is a physical thing. For humans, it is not. For animals, it is. We are not animals. We're made in the image of God. And so Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 16 to 18. Do you not know that he who unites, that word unite, you can substitute it with the word glue. He who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her. So whoever you sleep with, you become one with her. You become glued to that individual. Because sex is not a physical thing alone. It is more than that. For it is said, and he quotes Genesis, the two become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. And then he says this, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits. Sins like lying, like stealing, like gossiping are sins that are done outside of the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. You know, some people say, whatever happens in my private home is my own business. But I'm telling you, it's not your own business. Your body was made by God. Purchased by the blood of Jesus. In fact, later Paul says, honor God with your body because you are not your own. Eventually, what happens in your home is going to show up on the streets. It's going to show up in baby's home, baby Watodo. It's going to show up in finances. supposed to help us in other areas. They're meant to buy condoms to give out for free. So, it affects me. And that's why I should be passionate about this. That's why you should be passionate about this subject. And do your part. It's not just a physical thing. One of our pastors last week was in a salon. And then overheard a conversation between these two ladies. And this one lady was telling the other lady, Hey, why don't you stop going and sleeping with everybody every night? And this lady just answered, Hey, excuse me. My body is my business. In other words, mind your own business. What I do with my body is my body. It is not. It hurts you. And you are somebody that is getting hurt. And somebody who's going to get in touch with you is also going to get hurt. Because sex is not just a physical thing. It's more than that. Have you ever wondered why it's very difficult for women to report rape cases? Because sex is not just a physical thing. They feel defiled. They feel dirty. They shame. Because it's not meant, it's not meant to be that way. 99.9% of the time, somebody comes to me as a pastor, pastor, I have something to tell you, I've never told anybody. Chances are, it has to do with sex, sexual abuse. Because God meant for sex to bond. 
two. And you can never become one with many ones. And once some people say, I'm going to just have some fun. And then later I will settle. You won't settle. Why? Because you have given yourself away many times. You don't know how to become intimate anymore. I'll use this example. I have duct tape right here. This is duct tape. It's, it has glue. We use this to put cables on a surface. Now, I have duct tape on this iPad cover. This is duct tape. It is tacked properly right here. But now if I take it, this tape off, it's off. I stick it. Do you know what has happened right now? It's not as strong as before. You keep on doing this. The glue reduces. It reduces. Until finally, it can't even hold anymore. That's what happens to you when you give away your body each and every time. Eventually, you cannot become intimate with anyone. So don't tell me what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It follows you every moment of your life. And that is why we must embrace the culture of sexual purity. So what must we do? We must turn to God and God's word. Number one, honor marriage. Married people, honor your marriage. Stay in your marriage. If you've been sleeping with a married person, repent. Come back to God. Honor marriage. God's word tells us in Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is to be honored by all. Even the single people, honor marriage. Get ready for it. Don't be used by married people. Honor marriage. Don't treat it as common because marriage is something that is to be treated as special. To honor something is not to treat something as common. And the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Single people abstain. Oh, it's so difficult. God's grace is available. We are not animals. It's possible. Abstain. Secondly, flee from sexual immorality. Paul said, flee, run away. If a lion showed up in this room, all of you would flee because all of a sudden you know something is at stake. My life is at stake. In fact, if a lion showed up here, my instincts... I'm a pastor, but sorry, I would run away before even I just think about you, including my family right here. That is the same image you should, you should have in this text right here. Run away. Don't pray. Don't intercede. Don't fast. Don't call the pastor. Run. Run. Because you're going to hurt yourself. And yourself is going to mingle with another self and the both of you are going to be hurt in the future. Some of you are hurting today because you know what I'm talking about. It's very true. You're walking with pain or your result of an immoral act. 
But that's not God's plan. Flee. If you're a leader, anywhere, you influence policy writing, policy making, you're a member of parliament, you're a minister. And I know this is going to be online forever. If you get to it, listen to this. God has placed you in that office to become a watchman or a watchwoman over the nation and the community you represent. Let's make sure that we use our leadership positions to make laws that honor sexual purity. And I know there's so much pressure from the Western world. Forcing we, the third world countries, to conform or else no aid. But at what cost? Let's defend our children, our posterity, our future. Let's learn from Israel. Let's learn from the Canaanites. When they defiled themselves, they lost their place and God replaced them. Let's come back to God. And you could be in this place and maybe you've messed up. And I can guarantee you, all of us, one way or the other, when we talk about this subject, it is a difficult one. Because either it's too personal or it brings out some things in your past. But I want to invite you to a man called Jesus who heals all our mess in the past. He's able to do that. So there is no mess that is so difficult for Jesus to clear up. In John chapter 8, there's this woman. We call her the woman caught in adultery. She was brought before Jesus and the law of the day meant she was supposed to be stoned. And so these men came, brought this woman, brought her before Jesus and said, you are a teacher of the law. The law Moses says, stone this. Should we go ahead and stone? No, Jesus is God. He knew their motives were wrong. And he said, whoever does not have sin in their heart, cast the first stone. And the Bible says, beginning with the oldest to the youngest, all of them left. And Jesus was left alone with the woman and looked at the woman and said, where are your accusers? The woman looked around and said, there's no one. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you, but go and live a life of sexual purity. The reason Jesus would not condemn this woman is because Jesus later on the cross would take that woman's sins and be crucified on her behalf. The reason there's no condemnation for all of us right now is because Jesus was condemned on your behalf. And that should give you the reason to run before the throne of grace while grace is still available. Come to Jesus and he will set you free. Let's pray. Now, Father, I thank you so much for this very moment and I thank you so much for your word. Thank you that through your word, our hearts are opened because your word is a standard that judges every person. And honestly, God, if I to be honest, all of us have sinned in this area, in thought, in action, because we live in a highly sexualized culture. Oh God, I'm praying that in this room, in this place, may those who know they have missed in this area come to you and find grace. 
because you are the healer. So God, I'm praying in the name of Jesus for those who are stuck. Maybe they've been hurt, they've been traumatized, they've been abused in their past. God, I'm praying that may your power to set them free be released in this very moment. Set the captives free because your anointing sets the captives free. So God, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that those who are stuck, oh God, may you set them free from sexual addiction and immorality. Those that have been abused in their past and they've carried scars, they have been perpetuating the same habits. God, I'm praying, may you set them free from those scars of the past because Jesus, you are there. You saw that. And on the cross, you paid for it all. Heal their hearts. Heal their minds. Oh God, I'm praying, may there be people in this place that are going to rise up and embrace this culture of sexual purity because it begins in the mind. Set our minds free in the name of Jesus. Because when we embrace a culture of sexual purity, God, we get to experience your blessing. Thank you, God. While every head is still bowed and every eyes closed, you in this place and you've not surrendered your heart to Jesus. You're not living right and today you'd like to surrender your heart today. I would like to pray for you because Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to forgive you. Remember, it is a gift He gives to us. Forgiveness is a gift. We don't work for this. You're in this place, you're saying today, God, I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. I want to receive His forgiveness, His grace, His mercy. It's available for you. And I want to pray for you right now. If that's you saying, Pastor, pray for me in this room, online, on the overflow, you're watching. So, Pastor, pray for me today. I would like to receive Jesus. Would you raise your hand? Lift up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. Just lift up that hand. Now, Father, thank you so much for every hand that has been raised in this place. I thank you for every individual who acknowledges in their hearts something has gone wrong and they say, God, come into my life again and forgive me. And for such a person, God, you never push away. In fact, when anybody becomes a follower of Jesus, you are telling us they become new. The old is gone and the new has come. And Father, I'm praying, may they experience the joy and the peace because they have been forgiven. They are new. They belong to you. And now place them on the path of right living. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's people said, a big amen Thank and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,